This is The Anatomy of Eloquence, a podcast that dissects the innermost workings of great communication. I'm your host, Nick, communication strategist, brand theorist, and resident didactic. For the last decade, I've been helping startups and CEOs reshape their communication with the world. I'm Andrew Yang, not the former presidential candidate, but I was a former presidential speechwriter. And for the past 10 years, I've worked with national leaders, public company CEOs, and startup founders on their communication. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Anatomy of Eloquence. And today, our topic is something very close to our hearts, uh, but doesn't have as much to do with the content and the anatomy of what you communicate. It has to do with how you communicate. And we call it comfort over confidence. Now, Nick, what does that mean to you when you hear that? Working with hundreds of entrepreneurs and also just constantly analyzing and looking at top speakers, whether it's in a pitch context or even to TED Talk, the idea is that someone who is very confident, a lot more forward, a lot more aggressive, tends to come across a bit more salesy. Whereas when you look into a room and you see someone who's laid back, they're clearly comfortable in their shoes, they tend to hold a room a little bit better. Whether it's the authority or just their comfort level makes it a lot more engaging. Yeah, exactly. It's that little test that I wrote about, right? If you walked into a room and you have a really confident person who's projecting their confidence, gesturing actively and giving a pitch... And another person kind of sitting back, lean back, comfortable, and clearly at ease and not trying to impress. Which person would you assume was the boss? And I've tried that many, many times. Right? And mo- most people would directly say the comfortable one. And so when you contrast that with, okay, somebody who is at a higher position and is more successful, we assume, is more comfortable rather than confident, then why... When you look out there for training materials, workshops, and people talking about how to speak, how to present, how to carry oneself, almost everything that you find is on confidence. Yeah, the conventional wisdom in your main business magazines, publications, even top speakers, they always talk about how do you create confidence. And all the tips and techniques are always about how to come across more confident. But for something that we've been working a lot with entrepreneurs recently and actually gotten noticeable results to the point where investors who have seen the startup before and after have actively commented to us is that it's not about building confidence. It's about getting someone comfortable on stage or comfortable in their pitch. Yeah, absolutely. So the the investor like texting us to say, wait, what happened to this person? They seem like a totally different person. Yeah. Presenting in a in a large albeit I mean it, it was online, but still this person was was really comfortable. And this result kind of confirms what we've been seeing in private workshops. So it's a confirmation because we ourselves um looking at the transformation of this person, we're like, wow, he seems a lot more com- comfortable. Hmm. And so that 
right, generates that that question in us. What should be the goal? Should you try to be confident, like all the workshops and all the materials are telling you to? Or should you switch goal to be more comfortable? And part of that is you can definitely see where the evolution or like I can understand the merits of why confidence became such a big key for everyone. Whereas when you're a nervous rookie, you're just either climbing the ladder or beginning your career, beginning your business, you're looking for an easy way to look more authoritative on stage. So you run into a lot of tips and tricks about being confident because this is the clearest switch from being that very nervous, anxious rookie into moving into, okay, I'm, I'm important. I want to hold a room. And so that's the fastest. But what we have found is over time, people who become really good at presenting, they go to another level. They don't stop at this confidence level. They move into the comfort. One of the questions that we've been running into is, is this something you have to follow over time? Do I have to go through the rookie, anxious, nervous into confidence and then eventually once I have enough experience to go comfort? Or can I go somewhere else? Can I learn something to just skip straight to comfort? And I think one way that you've described this a lot is the mentality of going into confidence versus the mentality of going into comfort. And that confidence is you're seeking out tips and tricks because you're finding tools, you're finding ways to arm yourself to go into the battle of presentation. Yeah. And comfort is a very different thought process, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, thinking about most of the people that we know that that took uh, public speaking or presentation training or some people even took like charisma training, right? It's all about finding tools, like you said, skill sets or uh, modes of behavior, like lowering your voice, for example. I'm immediately thinking about Elizabeth Holmes, right? She's famous for projecting confidence and certainty in her voice by by lowering it so that it it almost sounds uh, a little... To some people, they would say that it sounds a little bit unnatural, right? I'm doing that right now, which is disturbing, but... Yeah, it's, it's about arming yourself. It's about putting, adding things to your arsenal, literally, that you believe will help boost your confidence and help you impress other people. The direction that we would actually recommend when you switch your goal to getting comfortable is actually taking away things. It's taking away these these uh, these tricks and these modes of behavior and really open yourself up and just relax it's more about this arming and we choose that word or that set of words arming and disarming deliberately because arming in the process of arming yourself you're also arming the other side right because if we're thinking about a salesperson for example coming to us and adopting um really impressive language to talk about their own products and their company and um, their customer experience. What's the first thing that happens to your mind? You get a little skeptical, right? You're you're right. trying to look for, wait, where is this not real? Are they playing me? 
So as you arm yourself with these language of confidence, you are also arming the other side. Whereas if you disarm yourself, you take away these fancy stuff, the other side is also more likely to disarm themselves. Because they, if you're comfortable talking about, for example, the positive and also the negative, then they're like, okay, this person is being real with me. And then they take away, they almost, um, they disarm their bullshit radar, their, their BS radar, right? And I think that there are certain parts of arming yourself with confidence and certain defenses that you start building up, it starts to become easy to shatter. Right. So someone who is working really hard to become a confident speaker and they're arming themselves, anytime that you break through that defense, anytime that you take away one of their tools, it starts to fall apart quickly. And you're someone who's worked with heads of states, Nobel laureates, you know, the head merger and acquisitions lawyer doing most of the billion dollar deals here in Taiwan. But one really great example that I like of this where you show that contrast between someone who is confident versus comfort is something as simple as you talk about what happens when your former boss, the Nobel laureate for chemistry, when speaking at a prominent event and his microphone dies, and in contrast to someone else whose microphone died on stage. Yeah, definitely. And this is a there's something, there's also a difference, like you said, about between confidence and comfort, right? Because confidence, you're trying to to give that confident, perfect performance. Whereas comfortable is almost comfort with whatever. Things might go wrong. Somebody might say something stupid, or you might say something stupid, but you're comfortable with those kinds of uh, mistakes or gaps happening. Yeah, I definitely saw this with in stark contrast. I think it was in a, a United Nations event. It was held in Italy, I think Rome, if I remember correctly. And then a a scientist who's not as accomplished, um, the microphone dies. And then he just goes into this rage because he, he thinks it's embarrassing. And so he starts shouting at the staff who are panicking and trying to replace the microphone. And yeah, he just goes on on this rampage. Whereas I feel sorry for the staff even thinking about this because my boss gets gets up to speak and in the middle of his speech, his microphone also dies. <laughs> like what are the odds of that, right? Happening right. within, I think within one hour. And my boss, very calm, gestures to the staff like, no, 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 it's okay. You don't have to come on stage. It's fine. He unscrews the bottom of the microphone takes out the battery, and starts rubbing it against his suit jacket. And as he's doing this, he turns to the staff and he like explains to them in a scientific way why when you rub the battery against your suit jacket, and this doing this kind of prolongs the, the battery life for just a little bit. And he puts it back in, and the microphone works. And he finishes his speech, gets off stage. He didn't actually tell me this. And I didn't actually see it because I was busy running around outside. It was the staff who told me. And they described it to me that way. So they remember every mm. moment of it. They remember the embarrassment and they remember the, the different behavior. And because of this, they're like, we love him. Meaning my boss, Nobel laureate. <laughs> like, yeah. we love him. This is the effect of confidence versus comfort. Like when you're just comfortable and you're comfortable with these things, you can deal with them in a relaxed manner that doesn't offend other people or it doesn't Mm. cause an emotional, totally emotional ripple in other people or in the whole room, right? Whereas if you're confident and somebody throws you off your game, 
you could very well go on this this rampage or you might fall apart. Right. And I think it's like a lot of people may look at that as, oh, it's a personality thing. Maybe the other guy is just a hothead. But when you're in these sort of high stakes, high pressure situations where you're probably addressing distinguished colleagues or you're on a global stage, anxiety is going to run high. And when you've built up your entire stage presence on confidence, then having that crack, that facade crack, it usually involves a much bigger reaction. Whereas someone who's stepping into it in a matter of comfort, then, you know, when a curveball gets thrown, they usually just go, oh, okay, I'll handle that as it comes. I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that it's... It has something to do with yeah your natural disposition. Coincidentally, I was just I came across uh, Barack Obama talking to White House interns a couple of days ago, mm. and people asked him like, "Why are you positive? How do you be so positive?" That's a tough question, right, from an intern crowd. Yeah. Why are you so positive? But then Barack <laughs> Obama was like, "I think it's just per- some of that is just personality." Mm. Like he just happens to be a happy person, and so I've definitely like even you and me. I'm just a naturally nervous person and mm. you are just a naturally comfortable person. Things just don't throw you off. You don't show emotional. By the way, um, for those listening, people in our office call Nick emotionally dead. <laughs> <laughs> dead on the inside. <laughs> but I mean, he's great on stage because almost nothing causes a, an emotional ripple. So he's always steady, right? So, but I think the contention, the claim that we're trying to make here is that you can actually do things to skip that confidence level and get yourself to a more comfortable place. Like you said, we've actually seen this in action. Right? It's that that startup founder, that startup CEO that we worked with, who was just such an awkward and tense speaker, and then a few weeks later another investor was online with us watching him present, right, as you mentioned, and texted us and said, what happened to the CEO? Because they seemed like a a totally different person. Very natural. And actually, that's exactly what we did. It was the first time I think I tried to switch the what we work on with the with the CEO in our sessions. Before it was adopting voices and body language of confidence. I totally switched that around and said, let's make the goal getting comfortable. Getting back to something you were talking about earlier, the idea of how do we skip this middle stage of arming ourselves with confidence and we can go straight from someone who's a nervous or a bit of an awkward speaker and get into becoming a comfortable speaker. What we found over time is this is not about adding tips and techniques. It's not about arming someone. But it's actually looking more inwardly and flipping a switch. And flipping a switch from my job is to be up there and impress to I'm comfortable that I am the expert, I am the authority, and what I'm doing inside a pitch or presentation is just sharing my ideas, sharing my vision of the future, sharing the things that I've been working on. And in the case of a lot of our clients, these are scientists, these are doctors, these are people who have probably spent the better part of a decade devoted to a very specific specialty, meaning they are the authority, they are the expert. No one else quite understands it as well as they do. And so we're not trying to 
make them confident speakers. We're trying to make them comfortable and articulate so they can just get up there and start sharing with people how this works. And that switch from nervous to comfort is not a tip. It's actually a switch of be comfortable with what you know and how to build a connection with the person across from you. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think you mentioned a little bit earlier, we actually tried this in a session. And it was exactly like you said, instead of spending time teaching them the outward behavior and, and tips and tricks of showing confidence, I remember spending 45 to 50 minutes just on identifying a factor, an inward, like let's look inward at what might be causing discomfort. And in that session, I still remember very clearly, it came down to, uh, strange to, to say this, but having a goal for the meeting. Like, what's your goal for mm. the meeting? I want to make a sale on an enterprise account. And we worked on that. Sure, that's your goal, but what happens if you don't get it? And working mm. through all of those consequences on this person's mentality, on the CEO's mentality, how they feel about the consequence, things going this way or that way. And then just simply working through that and seeing that there's not a single pitch meeting where the outcome kind of determines the fate of his company. And then a strange thing happened, which is he became okay with whatever. But of course, we had to test this out. So then in the follow-up session, we actually brought him together with other people in a more relaxing environment, not a classroom, not a stage, but a comfortable like social environment where a few of us just sat together and where he's just sharing and explicitly telling him, you're sharing, you're not selling. And the difference was just dramatic. From before to after, it was so dramatic that most of us uh, who were coaching were, were pretty stunned. But we didn't have objective uh, confirmation, right? Mm. And then we get into this online conference where he presents to I think it wasn't that many people. It was like 50 people probably. And where the investor texted us, right? And said, what happened? <laughs> yeah. So he seems like a different person. So there you have that objective confirmation. And that switched from teaching tips and tricks and adding things to his arsenal to let's look inward and flip that switch by identifying what makes him uncomfortable. It's definitely that idea of you're looking at factors that are causing the discomfort and weighing whether that factor is built up in your mind or whether you're just doing something to hold you down. And this is very much the idea that when a lot of people have this anxiety and nervousness going into a pitch presentation, the arming effect is actually just covering the problem. Right. Whereas when you're looking at the disarming fact is you're actually analyzing the problem and going, is this a reality? This is sort of reminiscent to me of if anyone's watched Tim Ferriss talk about fear setting, where it actually breaks down like, this is what I'm afraid of. And is it true? Is it not true? What's the worst possible outcome? And what can I do to hedge that outcome? Right. And then understanding what factor is making me uncomfortable and finding out how to handle that or whether it is a reality. And that makes me think of another coaching session, right? Where for another team, their like cause of discomfort, what they're afraid of is actually really strong objection from investors. And they feel like they're being challenged um, on their business acumen and technical expertise. 
And we eventually like worked with them to get them to realize through questions, not by telling them. But they realize themselves that actually when investors challenge you, they're kind of doing you a favor because they're letting you know what they think. The worst thing that can happen is an investor says, yeah, yeah, yeah this is good. And then you never hear from them again. They ghost you because they didn't. Right. They weren't willing to tell you what they really thought. So you're still waiting for them. So when investors are challenging you and like putting really sharp questions at you, they're actually helping you. And once they realize that, then they can flip that switch. And so for people who are listening, things that cause you to be uncomfortable, that stay in the back of your mind, you're kind of secretly, unconsciously or or consciously fearing that these things might happen. It may be different for everybody. It's it's about surfacing those things and dealing with them. And we see this a lot, especially in young founders, where you actually see two different types of young founders. One is what you're describing happened to the entrepreneurs earlier, which is because they're younger, anytime they get pushback, it's very uncomfortable because they feel they're being questioned, they're not being taken seriously, or the investor doesn't think they have the expertise that they claim to have. And if you get defensive... No one gets anything out of the conversation. But a lot of times when you're just comfortable and either turn it around, take the investor's question and ask them a question back, this is a sign of comfort. I can take this sort of awkward moment and go, okay, this is something that we've thought about, but I would like your expertise to lay in, or I would like to see how you would handle it. Or again, rather than get defensive... You can just say, okay, I understand what you're saying. And then you come back and go, well, but in our experience, say among our younger generation, here's the user behavior and here's the data that backs up that user behavior. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's really about being comfortable with taking the uncomfortable moments and absorbing them or using them, as you were describing earlier, as a time for growth. Right. Maybe I don't have the answer. And a confident person would be would have some kind of retort or they would have some kind of technique to get around that. Mm. A comfortable person will take that question, maybe that they don't have an answer, potentially admit that they don't have an answer, but generate a conversation out of it of how they will get the answer or how they can have a discussion that will lead to an answer. This makes me think about of a an interview that I had on Capitol Hill in the US. Mm. I was interviewing to be a staff member to a congressman. And he had, if I remember right, seven or eight of his top staffers surround me. I was sitting on a couch and they were, they encircled me. Really? Yeah. And I'm I'm naturally an anxious person, but that day, I, I don't know what got into me. I just, maybe I thought I already had no chance. So I was like, whatever, <laughs> you mm-hmm. you guys can can uh, ask me anything. And they asked me, <laughs> they're like, what in my university, because I was, I was just getting out of university, um, what in your university training helps you with a job on the Hill? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what got into me. I just said nothing. And I think that took him by surprise a little bit. They're like, wait, what? And I said, yeah, I don't. Well, okay, let's see. And I started going through my most significant university experiences or what I, what I took away. And I just said, I don't, I don't know whether these, and what I remember happening was kind of funny because they, the top staffers almost started listening to my experience and what I took away almost started making the case for me. No, no, wait, this thing is relevant. And actually this thing's relevant as well. And so, because I think that only happened because I got to a point where I was comfortable and I was willing to take whatever they were they were saying to me and running with it right. and even giving an, 
what other people may consider a stupid response, hmm. such as nothing. It's interesting because the moment you removed that pressure of I have to have this job, and you just gave answers that maybe were more authentic for you, the mode switched. It wasn't you scrambling to explain yourself, arming yourself with answers. It was you disarming and going, "Listen, here's all the things I've experienced, and I think it was important, but I'm not sure how that helps me here." And then they were the ones going, "Oh no, 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 that's really important. Like that's a skill you need. And、right. here's an instance." Yeah, and it was that the disarming factor. Where you were no longer like putting up your defenses and going, all right, bring on your questions. Yeah, I was no longer trying like, to say, oh, my ability in organizing a, a house party is quite relevant for. You know, you're not trying、yeah. to stretch things because we meet a、mm-hmm. lot of young people who are trying to stretch their experience to say, oh, this is really relevant for the professional workplace. Now you, you see that a lot when we're doing interviews for job positions, and you're just like, "I'm not sure how this is relevant."、And、they're like, "Oh, here is this very loosely threaded connection." Right. You're like, "Yeah, I can kind of see, but yeah, no." Yeah. Whereas if someone's just like, "Here are the things that I have learned. Here are the experiences that I have, and here's how I want to grow,、hmm. and I hope that that's something I can do here." Then the other side usually switches to, oh yeah, I can see where that becomes important. This、right? also reminds me of a point that you've made before, right? Which is that projecting confidence may be a little more useful when you're looking to complete a transaction.、Hmm. Like your goal is to to just get that thing signed in front of you. Then confidence and putting up a front and flexing and, and doing all that that may work for that single meeting. For that single exchange, but if you're trying to build longer-term relationship with people, which I think most of us, most people would agree is the better goal, building longer-term relationship, then being comfortable and being open and disarming is actually far more productive. Yeah, and this starts to get into with the idea of a long-term relationship. For me, my mental switch when I get into a presentation situation. What typically happens before I go on stage, and I used to be very anxious or nervous about doing this. You're lying, especially. No, I'm not lying. Hated. I was the last person who wanted to get on stage. Hated giving presentation throughout university. But one of the switches that I had later in my professional life is that there are very, very rarely moments where my time on stage is going to make or break anything. Which means if I totally bomb it, well, first is I usually don't have the assumption that I'm going to totally bomb it. Like I've let that go. I've been doing this long enough that I have the comfort level to get on stage. But the other thought is, if it totally bombs, this is not likely to be the only or the last impression someone ever has of me. When we do projects, it is long term. Meaning, I will go into coaching sessions. If I didn't quite exactly say or get to what I wanted to get to, I'm going to have other opportunities and chances to really show them what I can do. And so, I don't go onto stage with the mentality of "this is make or break. This is the end or beginning of everything." I just get up there and go, "Okay, I know what I want to share, and it, sometimes it's going to come out fantastic. Sometimes it's going to come out mediocre." But I'm okay with that because I know what my next step is, or I know how to handle the consequences. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a really, really nice way to bridge into the last part of today's episode, 
which I think is what to do. And you mentioned one of those already, which is really getting comfortable with what you're trying to say. When it comes to getting comfortable with what you want to say, that's back to the idea of you should always have done your research and homework. People who are comfortable know what they know and they know what they don't know. And so when it comes to confidence, when it's a short-term game, these are ways to potentially cover your know or you don't know. When it's comfort, people who are comfortable, whether it's years of expertise or whether it's just the hard work of research, they go into a room knowing what they know and knowing what they don't know. And they don't try and cover either. For some of you, for example, working at, you're doing a startup or you're already getting to, you're further along in your research career if you're an academic Mm. or you're in a higher level position in the company. Besides doing your homework, and knowing what you do know and what you don't know. Another thing that you can do is develop a unique perspective on things. Really getting comfortable. Again, this is a question that you have to ask yourself. Like, do I have an additional perspective that adds value to the discussion? And if you have that and you're comfortable, here's what I know, here's what I don't know. Here is a unique new perspective that I can add to the discussion with sufficient evidence and data to back it up. I think that does wonders for your for your comfort level. Yeah, so that's the first step, right? Is just to get really comfortable. So you notice that the it's a switch right there. You should spend most of your time getting comfortable with what you're trying to say, doing the homework to make sure that what you're trying to say is super solid because you all have limited time. We're in effect saying don't spend as much time coming across as super polished. If you have additional time, sure, spend a bit of time doing that. You know, put up pretty PowerPoint, work on your body language, sure, if you want to. But spend, definitely devote a lot of your time to getting comfortable with your material that you yourself, you trust, this is what I should be saying because this adds value to the world. And then the second step is to identify things that make you uncomfortable. Really dig deep and think, what do I fear might happen? What may happen that will get me off my game? What what do I worry about? Right? In the earlier cases that we mentioned, it may be the fact that you have a, an objective. And so then it's all about hypnotizing or convincing yourself that actually I'm okay with any outcome because again, life goes on and I believe in my company. I believe in my organization. I believe in myself. So I'll just go on. It may be somebody challenging you, in which case then you can go down that route and explore, okay, what might happen if somebody says to me, I think you're full of shit, how would I respond then? Or if the lights suddenly go out and the technical equipments don't work, what might happen then? So explore the factors that make you uncomfortable and work to eliminate those. Right, definitely identifying the things that will trigger either the anxiety, the nervousness, or the fall apart. Yeah, And then practice those scenarios or figure out why those scenarios. But being more specific and identifying the things. It's not just, oh, I'm a nervous speaker. But it's like, what, you know, sets me off? Right. Challenge. Or, you know, the equipment goes faulty. Does that set me off? And why? And what can I do about it? And with that, it is our working theory right now. And it's a working theory. Because we, we haven't tried this with hundreds of CEOs, with um, founders yet. So it's a working theory of ours that you can skip over the confidence phase 
in your career journey and get straight to comfortable by doing those two things. Feel free to give these a try. If you have responses, whether it worked or it didn't work or where you got stuck, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, and we would also love to hear, please share with us what are those things that create the nervousness or fear with you? And then it gives us a better sense of how to work through entrepreneurs like yourselves with handling these things so you can move into comfort. We hope this helps. We'll talk to you guys next time. See ya.